All right, my friends, welcome to a titillating edition of Death Metal Deluxe. Oh! And you're out here sucking a big, huge dick. Oh, for crack rock. Everything that you can focus on is how you gotta get what you need through a cock. Sucking it down, chugging it down. Make sure you go behind a jack the brown. You wanna lick the stick. Take me away. Oh my god, I confess my sins, I'm not gay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make you gay if you have a need. You know, it doesn't make you gay if you have to feed. You know, cracks are a very expensive thing. Sometimes you gotta earn it down on your knees. Doing crack, it's a community, and we ain't got no immunity. We're going straight to prison, covered in jism, been sucking cocks for a long time. Well, I've been working these streets, I walked a hard road on my feet. Well, there's one thing I gotta do to eat, and that's gargle about a gallon of skeet. I know this crack won't get in my hand, and as a man I have to understand, there's one thing that I have planned. What a sweet voice. And that's earning crack by fucking a man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is the fucking freestyle, man. Yeah, we did it. That's the beautiful relationship that we have together. I didn't even plan on doing a song. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Hey, man. Goddamn, we're happy to be back. Now, let me warn you up top, all right? The audio of this may not be as good as you're used to, because the last one was we ran into just some technical glitches, and it's a learning process, because as of right now, you know, times are tough, and me and Buddy are just uh, doing this shit in my RV. Yeah. And it's hot. And that doesn't matter. Well, what matters is is we wanted to constantly deliver the great product that you've come to know and expect, and we're working on it. So any kinks that we've got going on right now, they're get, we're working to sort it out. You know, it's like... Uh, volume levels that we have to watch while we're recording and it's something that we're totally getting used to and we'll continue to to get more better and in depth at doing it but for right now the thing about it is is that we're not pros no we're diy guys d i y and what that means for you is a message that i continue to spread is that you can do anything you want to absolutely hail satan Hell, Satan. Because that's the whole thing. Is you got to use your flesh and drive that vehicle to get the things that you want. And you can do it. We can do it. If you're tuning into our YouTube feed, which is just Death Metal Dicks on YouTube, you should subscribe to it. Yeah. And you can see that we just have, you know, a fucking laptop, a mixer with a couple of goddamn microphones plugged into it. And we're just finagling controls until it sounds the best we can make it sound. It's not that hard. You can do anything you want to. We just sang a song about it. Yeah, now can your product, can your content be good? That's really what it, that's really the variable, yeah. right? So, you know, get your game together and fucking do it. You can do it. We, you can do it, all right? We believe in you. We got and it. we're back again to talk about motherfucking aliens, motherfucking UFOs, that outer space shit, that big bug-eyed shit, that fucking sweet Nordic-looking shit, that fucking reptilian Anunnaki Planet X Jesse the Body Ventura shit. 
Damn. You understand? We're coming back again Woo. into the netherworlds. Come from outer mm. space. Come from parts unknown. Spit it, brother. Come for other worlds Jesus. to get to this earth and see a big fucking meaty Man. human wanger. You know what I'm saying? If you could have anything in the entire universe, you know what you can't have is a human dick. You got to come and get a hold of that shit. You got to come down in a craft and suck us up to suck us off. You understand what I'm talking about tonight? Man, what if there's like a UFO like Carnival Cruise Line for that where they just like travel from Nibiru down here to suck dicks. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, it's gotta be. It's all it's inclusive. Be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. But hey, man, uh, uh, let me just say that last week, you know, we started the uh, Travis Walton abduction. Right now, the most famous thing to do with this is, of course, the movie Fire in the Sky. I'll say it again. I think it's the best alien abduction movie. Absolutely. What was the one that came out not that long? The Fourth Kind? Yeah. It's got uh, uh, the, the weird kid in it? Uh, is It's the lady from the fucking Big Lebowski's in it. Julian Moore. Is that the one that she's so. in? I think so. It's got the weird... It's like a... Like a kid is an alien, but he has like a weird disease in like in real life, and that's who they. That's who. That's, yeah, that's that who just sounds like it's like someone is like, well, this fucking retard's an alien. Well, he's not retarded. He just off deformed. So retarded. <laughs> I guess we're back to saying that yeah. word. Uh, I I was in Chicago. I did a podcast. Um, the Palm Pilots. That was the name of it. So oh, really? I'll fucking plug those guys. They're. I don't, you know, I can't say it's a good podcast. Damn. But I can say that they're cool fucking guys, man. And it's new, dude, and they're just chopping it out. It's like loosely based around pornography. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, it's fine. There's some funny parts, but I'm on the upcoming one. So, you know, if you support anything I do, and and those guys, man, they fucking were cool to me in Chicago. Yeah. They'll say that. So uh, check that out. Uh, I was going to say something about aliens that had to do with that, but I forgot. But, yo, so here's the deal. Um, we went down this hole of of alien abduction, right? And it's a tricky hole to go down. And, uh, you know, I've been fucking around on social media. So let me just say, first of all, as far as my views on aliens, because I feel like people are actually itching to know. Because Well, here's the here, – okay, let me just put the plan in motion before we get into the story. Okay. You guys know story-wise where we're at. Travis Walton – has has been abducted, all right? If you didn't listen to the last episode, of course I recommend you hear part one before part two. If not, we usually do a little blurb to catch you up. So I'll just say, yo, Travis Walton, he was a logger. They were out logging. They were heading back to the house. A fucking giant 20-foot by 8-foot disc showed up, and he, like a dumb fucking college asshole, ran towards it, and it fucking grabbed a hold of him with a beam of light threw him around and sucked him up into it and we're at the point now where they can't find him they've called the police they've made contact it's the next day mm-hmm. he's still not around and everyone involved is losing their shit because the people that saw the spacecraft come and take him away are a whole other level of blown away and then everyone else around the mystery of course no matter what your feelings are when you hear this story, when you hear that somebody got abducted by an alien, when you hear that it was an 8 by 20 foot craft, you can't just hear that and say, okay. You know? Yeah. It, even, you know, even you, I would consider you, buddy, uh-huh. way more open to supernatural things than me. Yeah. If, I, if someone told you that, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't just go, oh, yeah. You know, no, you would, no. you would do some deductive reasoning behind yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, is the person crazy? You don't if it's someone you don't know, especially. Yeah. So the police are involved, the media is involved. Um, 
let's go ahead and, and do the business end of it. Thank you guys for listening to Death Metal Dicks. That is incredible. We love you for being here. That sounds cliche because you're just saying those words. You're saying we love you for being here. I sincerely mean it. I would consider anyone that would take their time to listen to what I have to say and what you have to say as my best friend really a part of my community. Yeah. All right? It's, it's important, and I love you for it. I really do. Uh, I met people in Chicago that listen to the podcast. Really? It, it was just like talking to one of my friends that I'd known for years, because that's essentially what a podcast is, if you're doing it right. We're, we're having a conversation about, about something that we've looked into, yeah. and they're coming along with us. So thank you for doing that. If you like what we do, you can help us out a ton for free by just going to iTunes, subscribing, giving us a five-star review, and typing something in the review box. We didn't get very many last week. I don't know why. And I, I think I actually do know why, because of fucking Alien Gate, which is where I'm going with all this. Oh, no. So uh, just do, that helps out a ton. It sounds silly because it's so easy to do. And uh, we're a DIY thing. We don't do any advertising. We don't pay for any advertising. We have no sponsors. We have nothing to push us except this. So the only way that we can get people to like what we're doing is just by telling you what we need help with. And if you could do that, that's fucking awesome. Uh, We got a group of amazing, badass people that support the podcast. They essentially produce our podcast so much respect, so much love, so much adoration for people who like what we do so much that they have fiscally contributed to what we've got going on. Thank you so much. We love everyone involved in this podcast. We give them a shout-out at the end of the show as a special thank you to helping. If you want to get involved in that, swap it over to patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks. The tiers there are a little dated. You write them, you have an idea of what you want to do. Some of the things didn't work very well. They kind of sucked. So me and Buddy do an extra Patreon episode every other week. We just recorded one that's an hour long. We did. So if you want to get into shit like that, just pop on over to patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks. Get the extra episodes. We got a live Death Metal Dicks. We do. Coming up real quick. Mm -hmm. We're fucking so hyped about it. Uh, Shout out to our friend Brian Breckenridge for... Uh, he puts on comedy shows in Fort Worth, and he saw us out. He wants to bring us down there. We're super psyched to do it. We can't wait to come hang out with you guys. And then afterwards, there's going to be some comedy, including me doing a full 45-minute set. So if you want to see what that's all about, just come on out. It's a free show. It's pay what you will. And you know we're driving five hours to do the show, so come out. Support us. Support the other comics. You're going to have a fucking blast. You're going to have a ton of fun. Usually on, it's on Father's Day. Usually on Father's Day, there's not shit to do. And plus, it's nighttime. So go fucking hang out with your pops if you have a close relationship in the daytime. Go have lunch. Go to that fucking Outback Steakhouse. Yo, Outback Steakhouse is wild and out. Are they? What do they do? Let me speak on it for a second. Okay, Can I speak it. on it? Yeah, man. Outback Steakhouse. Yo, number one, they got the best appetizers in the game. Okay. Period. A booming onion. The fucking fried, it's like a jalapeno popper with way more shit than a normal jalapeno popper has. It's like a rattlesnake egg or some shit. It's like a big, it's huge. There's cheese and, and bacon pieces, not a big, fat, dumb fucking strip of bacon. It's all cut up. Onions, yeah. all the good shit is in that fucking egg-looking thing. Okay. Number one in the appetizer game, but they give you bread and honey butter for free on top. So you just go in there... And it's no like their steaks fucking tremendous for a chain for a chain restaurant. Yeah. People will shit on Outback all day. People will shit on any chain with steaks all day long. Yeah. 
we're not sponsored by Outback, obviously. We no. got no corporate sponsors. I got no interest in furthering Outback. But here's why I want to speak on it, how fucking ridiculous they are. is because the appetizers are incredible. The food, the sides are subpar. I don't think their sides are banging. Yeah. But the steak's good. So what, But what you're going to do, like on Father's Day, is you're going to roll in. You guys are going to get a couple of beers. You're going to eat that fucking bread. The bread's incredible. It's incredible fucking bread. It's probably the breast bread in the game. The breast bread? The breast bread. The, the breast bread in the game. That sounds like a, a fucking... Madball, man. Funks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Freddy Madball. We just wrecked the day with the best breast bread in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> but, yo, and you get the honey butter, and you're going to get the fucking blooming onion. You know you are. And you're gonna get the rattlesnake eggs. You're gonna get the cheese fries, man. Woo! Hey, I don't. I'm not ever disappointed when I go to steakhouse. It's that I'll be at an Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse. But yeah, uh, when you go out with your dad, have a great fucking time. Uh, but after that shit, it's nighttime. Come wild out with the boys. I think the podcast yeah. is at seven, and the comedy's at nine. It might be six and eight. But yo, stay tuned for the the, the finer details. You can always direct message us. On any social media platform, and we'll get back to you. We'd love to see you out there. I know we got a lot of listeners in Dallas. I looked at where the venue is from, like, downtown Dallas. Yo, it's 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So just fucking, you guys are used to driving long-ass commutes in Texas. It's a long fucking state. So come holler at us, all right? It's at Maine at Southside, Fort Worth, Texas, Father's Day evening. If you can navigate those dumbass intersections. Then you're a G. But they all, dude, people in Texas... Are great drivers because you got to wild out in the driving that. so much. Yeah, because the driving's fucking insane there. It's just so many fucking like useless interchanges and sections and shit. But yeah, yo, we're looking forward to that. And uh, and also live episodes from now on are only going to Patreon. So okay. we, the, you know we got we put the Sam Talent one up so you can see what it's like. And that was our first one. There was some kinks here and there. Yeah, I was fucked up. Yeah, you got fucked up, man. And hey, buddy doesn't perform on stage, you no, know? I mean, you, you I get had the before, nerves, you get I fucking sauced up. Yeah. But yo, here's the deal. It's going to be dope. Patreon's dope. Respect to anyone that supports us in any way. We, again, we, we legitimately love you. And I think that's an important thing to put out into the world. And you may think of like metal, death metal. Uh, if you're not really, if you're like a, a tourist or you're, you're on the outside, you're not in any sort of like particular extreme music category, and you don't know what it's all about, that it's so much of it is just a respect and love for each other. Yeah. Uh, and that's, a, that's just something that, that in a lot of, that, you know, the world's just missing that shit these days. You know, you got to tell people that you care about them. That's the only way to fucking combat that's fact, the man. bullshit. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. That's all I wanted to say before I get into fucking Alien Gate. So, a couple of episodes that we've done, I've exploded with fucking inboxes, emails, links to Angel Fire websites, motherfucking dissertations. Dude, some guy sent me a 5,000 word message. Like, you know how if you get a giant message, it tells you how many words it is? You read the first part of it, and it's like, it's, this is how It was like 800 out of 5,000. Oh, and I God. was like, dude, no. <laughs> What are you doing, man? Why the fuck? And I'm sure he like copied and pasted it from something, but here I I I don't even remember saying on the last one that I don't believe in aliens. In fact, I really think that I said I'm very open to the idea that aliens are out there. Yeah. But the likelihood that they visited Earth is very slim. I don't mean I don't know. I don't know. 
fucking Zacharias Hitchens thinks that uh, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got sure, all sure. those He's goddamn definitely books. Definitely a well-respected scientist in his oh, field. Oh my god! There, <laughs> I, I like. I read the first one. I was like, "Hey, this is pretty cool." And I keep going, and I was like, "Man, he, at this point, he." I mean, like the first book, he had a good, his good game going, man. Like it was just fucking ripping. And then the second book, you go, "Oh, you're full of shit." Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, when people get debunked too, man. It's just uh, even in even in regular science, the uh, especially historians, yeah. so they they'll pick a cause and fucking ride for it, even if it's wrong. Oh yeah, and another good reason to tune into the YouTube is that Blaze <laughs> just got his shirt off and wiping the sweat that's between his tum tum and his tit tit <laughs> off and flinging it across the RV. So you're missing out on glorious sights. I didn't fling it. YouTube.com backslash death metal dicks. Uh, we really want to build that thing. And we do our weekly live stream directly on that now. So there's a reason to tune into it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You can catch us live and we'll keep them all posted there. So if you want to get in on like seeing, if you can't fucking wait until Friday, you're horny for it. And a lot yep. of people are. Bam, there it is. So what, what, what started the flood of Alien Gate was putting the episode out, and we were, and and really what opened it up to start with is that the episode was late. So, like I was saying, I was in Chicago last week doing a bunch of fucking shows, and I'm trying to string things together. I was staying with a very gracious friend. He had a computer that I could use, and again, we're DIYing this shit. We don't know what we're doing. The format of the file I sent to Buddy, you can open in our audio recording software, but you can't open it on a computer that doesn't have that. Yeah. His computer didn't have that. It just didn't work out, man. So we were a couple days late. And I feel I don't like that because I'm not I'm not a perfectionist, but I am like hard line. Like we said, we're going to do this. I'm committed to it. I'm going to really make it happen. Well, a lot of things happened. Like uh, part one, we didn't get it on YouTube. I thought that it was up and I didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got that fucked up. And then, yeah. And when you sent it to me, my computer was fucking up and acting all crazy and shit. So, right. I mean, fuck, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, shit happens. And you guys are so gracious and patient to deal with us growing and struggling through it. But that's when the that's when the messages and emails started, right? That's yeah. when the flow began. And the last time this happened was the Missing 411 episode. And it's actually, it's, it's good. I want to hear, like, don't take this as me telling you not to message me. I want to talk. I want to, if you have some information I don't know about, I want to see that shit. I want to talk about all this shit. This is what I like. This is why I do the podcast. But I open some vortex, and I don't know if somebody put this on Reddit or one of those dork websites that I don't use, but Jesus Christ, did I receive an onslaught of things trying to convince me that aliens are real? So trying to be tongue-in-cheek, I posted uh, on Facebook like, yo, fuck aliens, they're not real type of shit. Yeah. Uh, and then that even opened it up more because last night I got a ton of messages, including from my friend Sam Talent, uh, who I, I would love to bring the bully Sam Talent movement about again. Uh, he tried out for something on Comedy Central that he didn't get, so if you want to make him feel bad about it. Yeah, he's fucking rub it in. You know, and you got two buddies. Y'all see that motherfucker in public. One of you gets behind him, gets on all fours. Oh yeah, hit him with a bully push. Bully push well, and also what I realized when I was talking to him last night is that he hadn't listened to the other episode. It's like, oh yo, we're friends, but you're not listening to every single episode, my guy. Yeah. Looks bad on you, friend. Looks bad on you, pal. The fucking bin you, bin you, poly wall, motherfucker. <laughs> but hey, man. Uh, Alien Gate's been cool. Uh, I I like I fucking am, I fuck with aliens. That's my I like that shit. Uh, it's just I, I've been especially since we've been doing this podcast more and more rooted in facts. And a lot of that's because when I say something, because like let's face this is how it works. I do all the research, mm -hmm. and you're just like shirtless. 
So I, I, I look up the facts and I come in with them. And a lot of times, especially starting off, I've, I've read some wonky shit yeah. and said it and then just been fucking shit on. And I should be, you know? Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I got no problem admitting it most of the time. Most of the time. So I'll take it. But, you know... When you're researching aliens, it's it's real fucking hard to be wrong about something. You understand? And when I'm researching, I'm looking at it like I would a fucking murder case. You know, I wouldn't cover a murder case and like miss a detail on a murder and and sleep well at night. You know, I wouldn't want to fuck that up. So same thing with aliens. I'm with the alien shit. It's just there's no concrete proof. And so it's hard for me to just say I absolutely 100% believe in aliens. I want I 100% want to, all right? I 100% okay. want to. Yeah. And I just want to tell you that because where we're going tonight with this chapter of, uh, well, the conclusion of the Travis Walton abduction, I'm gonna go, we're going to go through the whole, what he was going through. So I'm trying to report it like I would a crime. So whatever side of the fence you're on, if you think aliens are total bullshit or you're with aliens, look, man, I'm telling you what he said. And he's given a thousand interviews. He's record. He's done his own movies. He's been on like uh, a Fox Alien special. He was on Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, he's got. He's recounted this shit so many times. So it's not me making it up. Larry right? King live. He's he says the same shit, and that's what I said in the first episode. Is that the one thing I can say about Travis Walton is that his story has not changed, and that shit's hard to do. But we're gonna find out. There's a couple of little things. That are going to come up, which make you go, huh. So, again, when we last left off, he had been picked up by this alien craft, okay? So, all his friends know is he's not there anymore. They saw an alien craft. All his family and police know is what his friends know and, and telling him that story. So, it, it, there's, a, there's, there's a window where only Travis can fill in the details. And he can't remember a lot of them. And the way that he remembers the details is through hypnotherapy, which in itself, in and of itself, is some wonky shit, okay? Because there's so many cases all across the world where hypnotherapy has been used to drag things out that are like, they have this thing where they say you have a hidden subconscious. Like if something traumatic happens to you, you can't remember it. But if you get hypnotized under the spell, you can because they're going through these mental blocks that you've put up and making you in a catatonic state to where you can speak on something without it triggering the harmful memories that make you physically feel that, right? Yeah. That's essentially the gist of hypnosis. But if you remember the satanic panic, yes. Okay? Those kids were hypnotized. And when they hypnotized these goddamned kids, the kids were like, oh, well, Today I came into the daycare and there was a priest in there and he flew us down to hell through the toilet. And when we were there with the poo and the pee, there was the devils all the way around and they put it in me bum. And when they put it in me bum, the poop and the pee goes, (laughs) and then the priest goes, I'm coming, coming, coming. And that all did not happen, right? So the hypnosis shit is very, (laughs) very sketchy. I believe it. That was, <laughs> the way you described that was truth. That, that is pretty much what it sounds like to me when I listen to those goddamn kids. But you can't blame the kids. It's just like, to me, hypnosis seems like coaching. They're coaching you on on what to say. Like, if you want to have a traumatic event happen, and, and lie detectors. Lie detectors, polygraphs, it's the same type of fucking horse shit 
pseudoscience. It's not admissible in court. A polygraph doesn't mean a goddamn thing. You understand that? It's not shit. It's nothing. You can conquer them. If you're a fucking weirdo, if you if you just think about it, you can conquer them. And also, you can they can they can give false results over and over again. If you're nervous, think about man. I know so many people that are just afraid to talk to another person. Yeah, they are terrified to just speak to a new person. So if you're shy and weird, and they sit you down to take a polygraph and you don't know the person, your fucking nerves are going wild. You're in a new situation. And that can kick it for always oh, lying, always oh, lying. So all this shit is pseudo, okay? None of it's factual. And keep that in mind as we go through this. So the details that came back were through hypnosis. They weren't real time. He wakes up, and it's all pretty vague, okay? Because, again, this is coming through hypnosis. In Travis Walton's mind, he wakes up. He says that he was in what felt like an induced coma. In other words, it feels like he's waking up from a very deep sleep. Surgery? An induced coma. Feels like he's waking up from a very deep sleep. And when he's looking around, he sees that that there's some lines going to him. He's got an apparatus that he's never seen before across his stomach. He, he hurts all over because... When he feels the pain, he starts to remember, oh, this beam of light hit me, blasted me around, and smashed me up. He remembers that. He remembers being hit by the beam of light. And so he's coming to, and as he's coming to, feeling this pain, noticing the device, he starts trying to breathe. Mm. And he says there's no oxygen, it feels like. So he's, he's getting breath in. like he, He's feeling his lungs expand, but he's feeling like there's no satisfaction in it. So that's a telltale sign of, of low oxygen. Like if you, if you climb to Pikes Peak in Colorado, you're at a very high point of elevation. So when you're breathing, you're breathing like you normally would, but you're breathing harder to try to take in more air. But the reason you're trying to take in more air is because you need the oxygen part of it, which doesn't exist at that altitude. So what he thinks is that he's in this craft that's putting oxygen in, but not enough. So it, it's weighing on him. And he also says he feels heavy. Like, he can't move his body very well. Like, he can pick his arm up, but it's taking a lot of force. Like, he's lifting a weight. And, you know, he, he goes on to say that, that he's a strong man. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's a, he is a logger. And one thing that I think is hilarious, you know how you can change Wikipedia? Like, I could go in and make a change to it. Yeah. And then anyone could change it back right away if they notice it. It says on Wikipedia, Travis Walton, and then his title is American Logger. Damn. That's what they call him instead of like ufologist, you know, yeah. or like abduction survivors, just American logger. But he's real proud of logging, right? Like yeah, he's man. in shape. That's a hard job. He talks about how he can hold up a chainsaw in each hand and cut through a tree. That takes strength. That's he ain't lying. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that is cool. Yes. But, but that, you know, he's pretty strong. That's what I'm getting at. And he's having a hard time moving his body, picking up his legs, picking up his hands. And he thinks that that is because of the gravitational pull. That's what's starting to go through his mind. He's kind of starting to, like, he feels at first like he's in a hospital, essentially. Mm -hmm. But then he's starting to remember the beam of light. He feels the pain in his body. And now he starts to look around because he's hearing sounds. He says that he feels like he's hearing people walk around and talk to each other. But, again, he thinks he's kind of in a hospital situation, so he assumes it's doctors, right? He assumes that there's, like, a nurse, a doctor having a conversation in his room. And he's trying to sit up to see where they're at. 
And he thinks like, yeah, I'm probably just in a hospital, just a doctor, and I'm subdued, I'm sedated right now. Uh, maybe I got hit in the head. I got, I'm trying to come to, and he said he can't sit up. He's he's really working hard to do that. And he looks over and he sees like a like a body, and he sees like what he what could be a surgical cap and a face mask where only the eyes are visible and he can't quite make it out because you know when you wake up and you're groggy and you got that shit on the corners of your eyes that's been crusting up there all night and you're you're blurry and you look at your phone and you can't see a fucking thing on there and you're trying to come to and then you're just trying to piece everything together and it, what looks to him like could be a doctor surgical mask as he's rubbing his eyes and starting to sit up a little bit more he kind of starts to notice it doesn't look like a normal doctor. It's got like a, a weird shape of head. Not very tall. You know, he's kind of a bigger guy. This, he says this is about a five foot tall. And he goes on to describe what would be your classic gray alien. Mm-hmm. Which there's a lot of genres of alien. You got your gray alien, which we're talking about now, which is the classic oval pointed chin, big round eyes, Five feet or so tall, um, genderless, kind of uh, fucking mouthless, non-talking, but like you feel like a psychic energy to him. Okay. Uh, a lot of people think that a gray alien is is like a future person. It's what people would evolve into because the trajectory of gender, you know, people kind of have rebuked the idea that gender is real. It's like a fluid thing. You know, you could just be whatever gender you want to. It's just a word. It's just a pretense put on people. And that eventually, and they actually have invented ways to have babies outside of a human. Did you know that? There's artificial wombs. So uh, you could take like my cum and your eggs and put them together in an artificial womb. And then you could grow a baby just like it would inside of a woman inside of this plastic thing, which is mad convenient because having a baby is fucking rough on a body. If you could just skip it and have the same thing, why the fuck not, you know? Yeah. So that's the future, obviously, because childbirth is risky. It's it's harsh. It costs a lot of money. So if you, for the same cost, you could just grow a baby inside of a fucking fake womb, you're going to do that for sure. Yeah. So, you know, in the future, people might evolve into, I mean, we evolved from apes to this. People may evolve into this this thing that only has what your body needs. And that is what a lot of people think the gray aliens are, just time-traveling, more advanced humans that have come back to kind of take a peek at how things were in the past. Perhaps there was a catastrophe in the future, and they need to put together elements of the past, see what people used to be like. You know, we're always looking for the fucking missing link and shit, right? Why do you pee if you're you're an alien? Uh, I don't think you need to. I think you evolved fast pissing. That'd be great for me. As much as I pee, dude... You could pee out your finger though. That's what that would be tight because then you could do what you want with it. Yeah, right. You could just blast down. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, I think your body would get rid of that because you would get you tired could of it. Go, <laughs> man. That'd be a lot of fun, dude. Uh, I fill the super soaker up with piss for like a week because yeah, we were having a party, a house party, and I hated my roommates and I hated their friends. So I planned it and I got one of those big boys and just filled that guy up for a whole week. <laughs> and yo, man, when everyone came over, dude, I, it, and the house had a hot tub in it. I just started blasting people with that piss. And, uh, it took like three or four hours before someone was like, what smells like piss? And then I was like, Oh, it's you. And they're like, it's not me. And I was like, no, no, it's you. They're like, well, I didn't piss. I was like, 
No, you're right. I did in the Super Soaker that scored <laughs> everyone at this party with it multiple times. <laughs> and no one could do anything about it. Yeah, you're lucky you ain't got sued. <laughs> but you, can't, you couldn't sue somebody. Hell that was yeah. like 2004. Oh, yeah. That was before people were pussies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, people took it in stride. Like, one guy was really mad about it, but then the roommates were like, it's just going to get worse. And it did. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I just kept fucking with him. Because he wouldn't do anything and he wouldn't leave. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, what's the end game here? Because if it push comes to shove, I'm going to kick your ass. And if push doesn't come to shove, I'm going to make you so mad that you get your ass kicked. Just leave, you know? But he didn't. Did you kick his ass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kicked his ass. Uh, <laughs> Man, that is such a cool fucking... Way to just tie two words together. Kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like doing it. I like thinking about it. I like saying it. It's cool shit. So, I don't want to be off track anymore, baby. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's because you're talking about peeing out of fingers. Yeah, it could be a future human. A gray alien. or But it, what, what most people say about grays, you, you know the description. You know exactly what we're talking about. If you ever seen like a sticker of an alien's face, it's that alien. That's the guy. That's the one. That's the alien that most people that get abducted by aliens describe. And another theory is, is that they're like the, the more of the workforce of the aliens, yeah. you know? They're like one of the lower classes, so they have to go out and, and physically do the dirty work. Um, they're, they're very, they're always like a psychic. They always communicate by like telekinetics. Like they don't have a mouth, so usually if they communicate with one another, people will often say that they look at each other, have some sort of signal that's going on that you can kind of tell they're speaking with their minds. Some people have gone on to say that have been abducted by gray aliens. Uh, you know, that's all alleged, but uh, that, that that they've heard their voice in their head, right? Like they've got a psychic bond between them. Like that fucking yeah. Stephen Greer weirdo. You know how he was saying that he can like bring an alien here through meditation? Yeah. That, you know, it's that type of telekinetic vibe that you have with a gray alien. So that's what he's noticing, and he starts losing his shit naturally. Naturally. Oh, yeah. You start losing it. And he's trying to get up. He gets the device that's on him off of him, and he says he's having a hard time moving, and the, and the alien comes over, but they're small. Again, they're only like five feet tall. They're real frail because as humans progress, like a great example of what's going on is just look at the fucking internet. Everyone's super soft. No one wants to be a strong body anymore. That's outdated. Yeah. So they've just a soft wimp, and so he's, he tries to smack one of them away. And he says his hand's moving so slow, and he's so weak that like, like what he did would not have killed a fly. But he was able to push one of them into the other one, which like is probably some f- hilarious looking Three Stooges type of shit. Yeah. Like just a barely human touch, and he's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and, like bumps the guy, and he yowzers and fucking spills a tray or some shit. Yeah. And so he gets up, and then he starts to make his way towards the door, and they're acting like they're kind of apprehensive, like they want him to get back in the bed. And he sees a tray of utensils, and he picks up. Anything he can get his hands on is what he says. He doesn't describe the utensil he picked up. He just picks up a utensil and starts swinging it at the aliens, and they're like, fuck this, and they just get out of there. They beam his ass back. <laughs> they just, yeah, fuck this shit, and they get out of there. So now he's kind of loose, right? And he can't really fight, and he can't really get around well, 
but he knows he needs to get the fuck out of there. Uh, he's in terrible pain, and he's scared as fuck now. You know, his adrenaline's starting to fucking pump, which if you've ever been in, in a like a near-death situation, you know the feeling where your adrenaline just starts hammering at you, and you got to make a move. Yeah. You can't just sit there. You don't want to move, but you get stuck in fear, and your body just kind of makes you keep being in motion. And that's what's going on with him. And he says that the the he can feel the gray aliens trying to telepathically calm him down. They, they've opened the door again, and they're looking in there. And he says it's not working on him. He says he can feel it, but it's not working. And so they're really like, well, fuck. We can't do anything with this guy. He's an American logger. Yeah, he's a big fucking strong American logger. We just wanted to see a dick, man. This has gone too far. And then he kicks the door open, and he sees this long hallway. So he starts to go down the hallway. He sees a, a passageway, and he says the passageway is, like, super claustrophobic. He has to squeeze and crawl through it, which, again, he has no strength. And so the panic on top of being in a tight space, that would fuck me up because I am – you know I'm claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. When I get into, like, a cave type of situation, that's, that's where it fucks me up. Like a tight elevator situation – I don't like that shit at all. Maybe I feel he was very a, uneasy yeah, about yeah. it. Maybe maybe he was like, mine was so strong because he was like one of Rod Sires from a previous episode. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> yeah, old fucking Kentucky vampire coven king Rod came along and sired his ass that strong. Like, Man, you might need this one day. Jesus Christ, dude. The word sire, when I hear it, just fucking makes, me, makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Somebody on NPR was talking about a horse siring another horse, and I was just had to turn it off. I was like, oh, God. All I can think about is trailer scum vampires siring one another when I hear that. So now he's in this hallway. He's crawling through, and he gets out. All right? And, and this is where shit gets super wild for him. I mean, it was wild before, but this is what – this is the part of the story – that makes a lot of people who doubt every other aspect of this really believe what he's got to say. Because what he describes is a big room, and it's just one chair in the room. And it's a round room. So it's like you walk into a dome, basically. Yeah. And the top part of the dome is, is what he describes as like a planetarium. So you've got a dome lined in stars. When he looks out... He just sees stars. So in his mind, he's thinking it's like a planetarium. It's a projection of space. And he does, he's trying to figure out if it's a map or if it's what he's actually seeing or if it's uh, uh, just a projection, just like a planetarium, like a nice look for the room. Mm -hmm. And he sees a high back chair. And he knows the guys are small, so he knows that like one of them could easily be sitting in the chair. So he starts to creep around the room to make sure he's alone. And he's crawling on his hands and knees around the dome to where he can see the chair. He sees there's nobody in the chair. So he goes and sits on the chair and pulls a lever that's on the chair. And when he does, he says that the stars dramatically shift. It's like he pulled a slot machine handle and they just... You get ding, 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 ding. And the stars... Like, if you were watching Star Trek and you see that warp speed maneuver where they yeah. stretch out, he says it's basically like that. He was Millennium Falcon it up. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, definitely. So in his mind, he's thinking that he's either flying through space or he's changing the map or he's moving around the view of the stars. And he doesn't know that. But what a lot of alien experts, quote-unquote, ufologists, all agree upon is that Anyone who's seen the inside of a UFO or a flying craft, whatever your preferred term is, 
that these star maps exist. And there's some account that has been drawn out that is actually a sign. I think it's actually an L. Ron Hubbard thing that he made up. And it's it's a classic ingredient. So things are starting to sync up. And again, bear in mind now that in the 70s, of course, there's no internet and shit. So what lends him credibility is that if you have details of aliens like that, if you have details of the inside of the craft like that, you can't exactly just get on. Like, Ike was able to find that this matches several other alien encounters easily online. But he wouldn't be able to do that. He would have to have done some serious fucking research on aliens. And that's not something that you could go to the library and fucking Snowflake, Arizona, and, and found, quite honestly. So I don't know what he had to do to come up with the information, but props to him for doing it if it didn't happen, okay? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, is that, that that's what makes him look good here, is because if, in fact, he was not abducted, he did a killer job at making the story up. Um, if he was abducted, it matches up with a lot of people that were probably also abducted. The thing is, is it's like a, it's, it's, it's the most solid story that there there's ever been about UFO stuff ever. I I wouldn't go that far after looking over the last week. I would, I would say the, what you're saying is true to the fact that it happened so long ago. And he's basically told the same story for 42 years. Yeah. That is what's solid about it. But there's more UFO encounters that are so much more believable to me. Another thing, I feel like I'm pretty great at storytelling. Yeah. I've worked on it hard. And I understand to make a great story, you really have to focus in on small details. And you have to recount them. And that's what your brain doesn't want to do because it seems like it's too much information. But that's what makes it a good story is when you can bring a person to the place describe things on a micro level to where their brain can soak in what's around them as you move along the story and then bring that back up subtly. So that takes work, right? So for him to throw in so many details, again, it kind of makes him look good because there is so many details, but it kind of stresses me out to his story because, again, this is all through hypnosis. At first, he couldn't remember anything, which, of course, we're going to get to the at first part, but he couldn't get to, he couldn't remember shit until hypnosis. Okay. So for the hypnosis to happen and he starts every, every time he talks, he talks about how the details were fuzzy and he he can't quite picture certain things. So if that's true, he's got a lot of fucking details. You know what I'm saying? And to me, as someone that tells stories is a big element of storytelling and you have to learn that. And you don't necessarily have to be trained at that, but you have to have gone trial by fire if you weren't trained. If no one taught you to tell a story by using details, you had to trial by fire it. And that just makes him look sketchy to me. Well, let's do, we should do some, you should do hypnotherapy. We should get you under hypnotherapy. Oh, and I should just make up a wild fucking story and give it to him? No, I don't know. To disprove it or prove it, but like if you're, if it's fake as fuck, you should just go, uh, you, like, when you're talking, but he's sucking my butt. Dude, there was a, at the local comedy club here, they brought in this guy who was a hypnotist a lot. Like, way too much. I mean, if you're a comedy club and you use a hypnotist, first of all, you probably fucking suck. 
But if you bring him in more than once a year, you're for sure suck. Well, they brought this guy in like four times a year. He was called the Sandman. And I don't give a fuck who hears this and thinks whatever about that guy. He's from Branson, Missouri. Fucking asshole. And he was like, one time he tried to tell me, he was like, you know, I've hypnotized girls to get pussy before. And I was like, man, no, you haven't. That didn't happen. No one would ever fuck you. And hypnotism doesn't work. And he was like, well, you don't understand the power. I was like, I absolutely do. All you're doing is pulling people on stage and tell them to comply or they'll look like an asshole. That's it. It's just a peer pressure situation. Now, I don't know about private one-on-one hypnotism, but I think it's a crock of shit altogether. Anyway, that guy died, which proves to me that he wasn't anything mystic at all. And it was also hilarious to me that he died. Maybe he didn't die, man. Maybe he's coming back. Moved on to the metaphysical world of fucking hypnotists. Well, if he would hypnotize me and get it out of me. Well, he did the thing, man. Like, I, you know, he's like, try to get hypnotized. And he like pulls you up on stage. And then he, he tries to put you under the spell. And he'll ask you a question to see if you're going to play ball or not. And so if he asks you a question and you don't answer at a certain speed, and you, that's the trick of it. It's like, if I'm like, hey, buddy, you ever fucked a goose? Yes. Okay, you're playing along. And if I'm like, hey, buddy, you ever fucked a goose? And you pause and you think about it and you're trying to come up with something funny to say, then it's, oh, go sit back down. Because I know you're not going to go along they're with trying it. To make, they're trying to see if you're dumb. Not even dumb. It's just playing ball. Like, yeah. are, you willing to, are you willing to suspend belief and have fun or not? Yeah. Do you, you know, and if you think you'll look like an asshole by not going along with it, then that's how hypnotism works. You're just in a group think situation. You're going to either decide to go along with it or you're not. If you decide to go along, they'll work with you. If you don't, you're out. And they know how to – that's the trick is like if you're a good con man, you see who's going to fall for it and who's not. And you will test people through it. You'll bring different people on stage and say, no, you're not in. You're thinking about shit too much. You just got to be with it. You have to be f- with it, you know? So that's what I saw from hypnotism. So anyway, they're using it on this guy, and he's remembering, to me, way too many fucking details, right? Especially for someone who says the memory's fuzzy. Too many fucking details, all right? So he says when he's in this room, another alien shows up, but the alien isn't an alien. It looks like a human being, which brings him a great sense of relief because when he walks in, he realizes how vast this room is because when he sees the guy, it's like a six-foot four my size your size type of guy big ass fucking dude and he just looks like a human to him so he's stoked well this is somebody here to rescue me they probably know about the aliens and they're gonna get me out of here they made it this far they just walked through the door let's get the fuck out of here so he's asking the guy a bunch of questions real rapidly which makes sense because he's stressed the fuck out it's like yo what's up with these aliens where the fuck are we at you seeing this shit right here what's going on who, how did I get here? Can you please help me get out of here? What are we going to do? And it's coming fast, and the guy's just ignoring him, not saying shit to him. And he grabs him by the arm and just starts moving him along. But not aggressively. He's just kind of giving him a nudge to say, hey, come this way. Starts pulling him down. Now they're going down this other hallway. They open a room, and he says the room is a fourth of a cylinder. What the fuck does that mean? I think if it's like almost a triangle, because if I think about a cylinder, I would think about like a Pringles can, of course. Yeah. And if you just chopped off three-fourths of it, you'd have a triangle shape, which makes sense because he said there's two vertical walls. Yeah. So he's looking at two vertical walls, and they're, they're, he basically describes LED lights before there's LED lights. You know, there's no bulbs, but it's a very bright light. And he, he gets into the room, and he's closer to the guy. He's followed the guy here because he's comforted by the human. 
and he, he says he notices his eyes and that the the regular part of the eye like the iris and shit and the the eyelids are way bigger they're huge and the inside of the eye where well, i would say that your pupil or what's uh, retina i would say your retina is about the size of a dime yeah but he says that his retina is about the size of a half dollar piece and his pupil is the size of a quarter so he's got big fucking eyes that's weird and yeah that's weirding him out but you know he knows he's under drugs and shit and he keeps asking, he asks the guy again, hey, man, are you going to answer me? The guy says no. So he starts trying to fight the guy, trying to let the guy, because like I said, he was pulling him along easily. He's trying to fight out the guy's grip. He says that the guy is so fucking powerful, he can't even move his arm. Now, again, he's under sedation. He's weak because he was attacked. He's been laying still for who knows how long. So the body is weak, but it, he, he goes on to stress again that he is a strong guy and he says that the guy is not struggling with him at all it's not like he tried to pull his arm away and the guy yanked it back just nothing happened when he tried to move he can feel the guy's strength but the guy's not being super forceful and then the door opens and three more aliens come in and their faces are this oh i fucked up this guy's wearing like a suit so he really thinks that he's a human for sure because he's like a business suit no like a space suit type of thing because you know how he's struggling with the gravity and the oxygen well, because the guy's wearing the suit, he just automatically assumes that the dude is wearing a suit to deal with the gravity and oxygen. But then three more show up, and they're not wearing a suit, and uh, he says one's a female, and they look, again, just like tall, blonde, beautiful people, but big, weird fucking eyes. So they're Nordic aliens, right? Yeah. That's, that's what, what we're getting like. to. Or yeah. fucking anime characters. Or anime characters, but more than likely Nordic aliens. And this is another genre of alien. We talked about the greys, and you got yeah. the Nordics, a.k.a. the tall whites. Yeah. They're just big-ass white people. But they got the big, weird fucking eyes. They also possess telekinetic powers. They seem to be the mid-level alien, right? Like I was saying, the grey is the low-level worker alien. Well, th- these would be like your your politician type of aliens. And then, of course, at the top, you got the reptilians. Yep. The big, strong, Anunnaki, reptile, w- genius warriors that could crush everybody. So they're all in cahoots. All aliens, Man, all the three aliens that we know about, all work together generally. And the uh, tall whites. You know, if you are a big alien head, and I fucking unfortunately now know that a lot of you are big fucking alien heads, all right? I get it. Uh, you'll know that a lot of uh, the Area 51 shit and all all the government working with aliens and even the shit we talked about, the Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. the tall whites are the ones that they always see working with the government. So they're like a diplomat because they look human enough and they can communicate and they're smart as fuck and they know how to do shit with their mind and they know about technology from from where they're from, be it the future or be it a different dimension or be it a different planet. They know how to help humans out, and they generally seem to be like a good-natured alien. Okay, uh, but you know the the nefarious, the evil alien are the reptilians. That's who you don't want any fucking part of, and they're way more powerful than the Nordics and the Greys. I think I got that right, alien people. If I'm wrong, I'm fine with it. So no, you don't got it. You got don't it. don't fucking lambast me in alien culture. All right, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I want I, I want to fucking be. I want to be with it. So the other three come in the room, and one's a beautiful woman, which could pretty much convince you to do anything, but he's trying to fight his way out. Again, once he feels the guy's strength and the guy not even struggling to make him resist, he kind of puts the brakes on his aggressive action and, and is doing what he's told. And what all they want him to do, again, they're not communicating with him, so he stops talking, is they make him sit on a bench, and then the woman 
puts an oxygen mask on his face, and he said he tried to put his finger in there and pull it away, but before he could even make contact with it, he was out again. This just sounds like a real rough choke choke fuck session. Yeah, like it sounds. Once I heard attractive female, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. As far as this guy's story go, I was fucking all the way out. Yeah, it's like, man, come on. So it sounds to me like you're leaving the door open for sexual experiments. But it's not gay because one of them is a sexy Nordic lady. Yeah. It just sounds like you're just watching too much Star Trek and also fucking around with the Million Dollar Lady show. Remember that shit? No. Oh, you mean the Million Dollar Man? No, there's a Million Dollar Man and I think there's a Million Dollar Lady too. Lady? No, I don't remember that. It was on Sci-Fi Channel. sounds hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, man. She had an old jumpsuit on. Was it La Femme Nikita? No, that was cool too. Yeah, yeah. I fapped furiously to that many a time. Uh, yeah. But yo, so... While this is all going on, back on Earth, word of his disappearance had traveled fast. So reporters, ufologists, and skeptics have all descended on the sleepy town of Snowflake, including Phoenix UFO investigator Fred Sylvanus. And Sylvanus is going to be the fucking boner of the story here. We're going to hate him towards the end. Now, he assures the family that he's on their team. He's worried. He knows about UFOs. He knows how aliens work, and he is worried sick about Travis Walton's safety. So he is dealing a lot with his boss Rogers, and he's dealing a lot with Dwayne Walton, his brother. So as it progresses on, he says he's going to start compiling a file so they can have evidence moving forward to prove that this should happen. Right. So he's going to interview them both. Now they sit down, and Sylvanus is going to become the biggest hater. The biggest skeptic, the biggest fucking dick in the story, like I was saying. So when he talks to Rogers, he gets out of Rogers that Rogers' main concern is due to the disappearance and subsequent search that they would be unable to finish the contract with the Forestry Service. And he hoped that his search for his missing friend would mitigate the contract situation. Okay. And then when... when Sylvanas is talking to Travis's brother Dwayne. It's a more amicable conversation. Again, Dwayne wasn't with the crew. Remember, he drove in from Glendale the night of. They busted in the sheriff's office screaming at the sheriff. So Dwayne is really trying to get shit done. And he's speaking with a guy. And Dwayne says that they had always been interested in UFOs since they were kids. And about 12 years earlier, they had both seen a craft very similar to what the logging crew had described. And Dwayne wasn't feeling too bad about the whole thing. He was kind of staying super calm about it because they had a belief since they were kids that aliens don't harm people. Okay. So 1110, the entire logging crew goes underneath a polygraph. The reason is, is because the police are still of the mind that they killed their friend and buried him out there. And so the, the main thing that the polygraph consists of is, you know, how they work. They ask you your name, your age, shit that they know is true to, to test you and to test the machine, to get it honed in and all that shit. So as that progresses on, they just flat out ask him, did you kill your friend? No. Where's your friend's body buried at? Don't know. He ain't dead. Did you see a UFO? Yes. And at the end of the test, Sheriff Gillespie, who was the guy to start with, that said they for sure either had him kidnapped or killed, 
believes them all after the polygraph. The entire crew. He comes out and says publicly, they saw something. They did not harm their friend. I'm 100% behind this. I don't know what they saw. They definitely saw it. And that's a fucking fact coming from me, the sheriff. So when Travis awakes again, he says he was outside a gas station in Heber, Arizona. And he saw the disc-shaped craft hovering just above the highway. And as he made contact with the ship in his eyes for just a moment, the craft shot away, disappeared, gone. That's wild as fuck. Yeah. And then he stumbled to the telephones at the gas station and called his brother-in-law, Grant Neff. And he was under the impression that only a few hours had passed since he had been hit with the beam of light and been up there. Oh, man. The old time lapse. Yep. Now, when Travis was gone, his brother Dwayne spoke to another man, William H. Spaulding, who was of Ground Saucer Watch. Spaulding told the brother that if Travis Walton ever returned, that the GSW could provide a doctor to examine him in confidence and that Travis should save his first urination after returning to be tested. Make sure he wasn't fucked up on drugs? Uh, Yeah, that, and you'll see another reason why. Because... um, I guess it's safe to say that it, it was a five-day period. Okay. So the time that Travis awoke, went back to sleep, came to, we don't know the exact period of the time in between those two, but the time that he has been missing was a full five-day stretch. Yeah. And so now he's back, and Tuesday afternoon, word of Travis Walton's return had leaked out. So Spaulding didn't hear from the family, calls the house right away. Dwayne Walton told him to leave the family alone, and that is when Spaulding lost his shit and started putting the recordings together, showing all the contradictory evidence, showing the cause that they would absolutely have to pull off a hoax, which was, of course, they had this contract with the Forestry Service. They did not have the amount of time that they needed to get it done. We were already talking that they were under great stress because they simply were not going to finish on time. and They didn't want to lose any money. So the brother Dwayne had spoken to another alien representative named Coral Lurizen from the Aerial Phenomenon Research Association, or APRO. And same thing is that she offered to bring a doctor. Instead of traveling to the doctor, this one was going to come to the house and totally free to them and give him a medical examination. Now, the important thing about it being a confidential medical examination is that there's a lot of questions, Right. Because they is put in hours, they put in money. The city, the police, they're gonna have to know what happened. Yeah. There's no way around it because they're invested in it. Like if you if they just pull the practical joke, well, it's a felony at this point, I'm sure. Yeah. So they want it to be a confidential thing in case like he was fucking whacked out on drugs, the family wants to find out first and be able to keep it a secret, get a lawyer, all that shit. That's why it's important, okay? So this lady promised Dwayne, or her name's Coral, that she could arrange an examination for Walton by two doctors, a general practitioner named jo- Joseph Saltz and a, uh, a pediatrician named Howard Canal. Uh, the National Enquirer, unbeknownst to Dwayne, had actually paid the APRO to investigate and also cover their costs to investigate, including the doctors. And that would allow them to have access to the Walton family. Oh, God. And what's funny about it being the Walton family, I never watched a show, The Waltons, before. Yeah. But it was a real corny Christian 
grandparents love that type of shit show. Yeah. Not a sitcom, but like a drama about some goofy fucking Christian family. But there's a great online troll uh, because when I use like my illegal streaming service to look up fire in the sky and try to watch it, a fucking a very Walton's Thanksgiving was what was on instead. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, they got me good. They got me good. I laughed at it. Uh, so they, the, now the National Enquirer has basically opened up a channel to get to the Walton family because there's already press here and the press is making them look bad. And the police officers are making them look bad. Like they have to be very guarded at who they speak with because everything that they've done so far has come out. I mean, you got fucking the uh, Spalding dude taking a shit on him, and he's already he's already sending things into the media saying, "Hey, this is bullshit. I can already prove it to you. Give me your ear, and I'll show you why they're full of shit. I'll show you the reason that they did it. Let's bust this out now before it gets any more steam because it's total bullshit." The police officers who are investigating the town officials, they all think it's bullshit. They all think it's a crock of shit. They think. That, and not the sheriff, the sheriff's on their team because of the polygraph and because he physically saw how upset the people were. Like, he watched the family deal with it. He was in the searches. He's kind of committed to it at this point. Yeah. But the rest of them are saying that basically that Walton and Roger set the whole thing up and they tricked the other loggers into believing what they saw by taking a balloon with some sort of flammable material, lighting it on fire at the right time and making it seem like all this other shit happened, which would take a lot of fucking work. I mean, you you maybe could have got the guys like real high or some shit and, and forced them into it. And that's going to come up because when... The, the examinations are going down on Travis. One thing that comes out is that he smokes pot recreationally. He says he doesn't do it all the time, and that's not a big deal. It's just like if that crew is smoking weed, it's easier to talk somebody into believing in aliens and shit like that if they're high. I mean, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> for, I mean, if I get high as fuck and we start talking to aliens, I'm going to get freaked the fuck out. You oh, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. believe that they're up there for sure. So the deal is is that uh, the doctors come by and they examine him. And they say they're, they're, they send all this information, of course, to the National Choir. He was essentially healthy. He had a small red spot in the crease of his right elbow that was consistent with a hypodermic injection. But the doctors also felt it was important to note that the spot was not near a vein. So okay. it couldn't have been like a narcotic or any fast-acting thing because it needed to be intravenous if that was the case. Not intravenous. It was just like basically an injection site. Which, if you need me to spell it out for you, that means that he probably made a mark on himself to look like he had an IV in his arm, but he didn't know well enough that it needed to be in a vein, right? Yeah. Yeah. The analysis of Walton's urine revealed the lack of ketones, which, if he had been gone, would be very unusual. Because one is that he, he, he had lost weight. Yeah. He seemed like he looked like visibly he was pretty famished. But for one, you can't survive five days without water. Nope. So he was hydrated for sure, at least. And two, I'm sure you guys have heard the term ketosis, the keto diet. I'm sure everyone, it's like a fucking hot diet. It works. It's not one that I would shit on. I don't think it's a fad. I think it's a very legitimate situation. You're making your body run off fat. You're making your body run off ketones instead of insulin, basically. Yeah. Well, if you're not trying to do the diet, when you're starving, your body starts to work off of its fat. Your body starts to eat itself. And what it's eating is the ketones. That comes from your fat. 
and it goes into your blood and acts as like essentially insulin would. Like you're giving your organs and the rest of your body fuel from your fat. So if you're starving, you're going to have a lot of ketones in your urine. They're going to be out. They're not going to be in your fucking fat ass. They're going to be loose in your body trying to give you food. So like if someone is starving or going into diabetic shock, which is essentially the same thing as starving, lots of ketones in the urine. He didn't have any. None. So that means that despite that he seemed like he had lost weight, he had definitely eaten fucking carbohydrates, right? Yeah. Because if he hadn't eaten carbohydrates, he couldn't. He would have ketones, you know? It's like if you're on that keto diet and all you're doing is eating fat, you're not eating any carbohydrates, you're making your body survive off strictly fat, uh, you'll have a lot of ketones. But you're not starving because you're eating fucking fat. So taking the fat in makes your body think it's running on fat, so your body starts using ketones to run off of. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. And when that happens, it's just you're tricking yourself into your body thinking you're starving, running on these fucking ketones. So again, it's important to say it that many times because if he would have really been starved, if he would have not eaten food, which uh, 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 the route he should have taken is that he was on a feeding tube. But he was very adamant that there was nothing like that. He didn't remember anything about being fed food. He felt starved. He rode hard for the fact that he was starving for five days. Rode hard for it. And the fact is, is that he wasn't. So it's like when if you're in the hospital, when they give you an IV and shit, and they, they feed you like through whatever, they, the feeding tube or whatever they have to feed you with, that's carbs and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's making your body run. So you don't produce ketones. Again, it's bullshit. This is the this is the problem with the story, um, and 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 to say that he tells the story the story the same way every time that's for sure true, and he still rides hard on the fact that he fucking didn't eat. He was starved, but that's not true at all. Or he would have had ketones in his fucking pit. So that is super sus. That's one of the most damning things to this story to me is that medical report. And to think about it like this way is that the the National Enquirer wanted a story. They didn't want anything to debunk the story to come out, right? But the facts fucking come to the surface sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, something, so when I was telling you about his pot use, again, I don't think that's a big deal. I think the, I think the only important thing about the weed is that it would make his friends more susceptible into believing a hoax because they would have been high or drunk. I mean, if you're, in, if you're inebriated, you're way more open to hearing things. You're way more open to saying things. You're way more open to any experience that you might have. So that said, the other thing that got brought out is that Walton, Travis Walton, and his boss and friend that would go on to marry his sister, Roger's younger brother, had committed check fraud a few years earlier by altering payroll checks at a different company they worked for. In other words, they were trying to pay themselves more than they were actually making. Now, that's not a big deal in the scope of things, but it just shows to me that he has a type of character that's willing to commit fraud. Yeah. Right? Um, the National Enquirer ended up paying the Walton family $5,000 for best UFO story of the year. All right. Yeah. And, you know, the National Choir doesn't have, that's the Bat Boy shit. That's not like a reputed news source. I don't think, that, I don't know if they're around anymore. Yeah, they are. Okay. It's all right. Thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's all hokey shit. Uh, it's fun. It's for entertainment purposes, right? So being involved with that's not a good look. Uh, he, he took several polygraph tests. He beat a lot of them. He lost a lot of them, including on the Fox game show, The Moment of Truth, 
which they give you a polygraph before the show comes on. You sit there and do a fake one. And so then he, they asked him if he had been abducted, if his story was true. He said yes. Well, on the show, the polygraph said no, which I don't put any stock in that. Yeah. You know, it's just a TV it's show. TV, yeah. Right. It's, it's all bullshit. Um, and here, the most critical thing to me, this is the coffin nail. Again, aliens, I don't want you to think that I don't believe in them. I feel open to it. I like this shit. Betty and Barney Hill. Probably the only case I can think of more infamous than this. Because that was years of paranormal experiences. And again, they rode that shit way too hard. They fucked up. They went in too deep. They kept hammering away, trying to get more and more attention for it. it look it up if you don't know about it. I'm sure we'll definitely cover it at some point. Because it's a wild abduction story. Some of it seems very plausible, but some of it seems absurd. But, Amir... Two weeks before this happened, the movie made for TV, the UFO incident about Betty and Barney Hill had just aired. Oh, shit. And many of the elements, including the star map, including the gray aliens, including the Nordic aliens, including the beam of light, including how people moved in a beam of light, including the thing on his chest including the feeling of medical procedures including the feeling of gravity including the feeling of oxygen not being able to get into his lungs every goddamn thing that he described was about there that a hot sexy nordic uh, no that was his own doing i would say is in that fucking movie the ufo incident man ah oh, fuck that's I mean, the one that shits on it for me dude yeah that's good job it's a little too little too yeah. close to home for me, but man, I'll say again. Look, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done this if I didn't find it very interesting. Yeah, okay, it's, now it's cool. Just around all this alien shit out for this particular episode. The thing with conspiracy theories, the thing with aliens, the thing with like the alternative side of life, and this happens with everything. There comes a time when what is essentially a pure story, a pure belief, gets watered down and tampered with by money. Because there's a whole world out there that will pay Travis Walton enough money to live off of to write books, to be on their documentaries, to come to their conventions and sign books, to speak about his experience being abducted. Now, before that, you got a guy who's barely scraping by as a logger, trying to have a family, regular American shit. But did he find a way to cash in and make a living doing something way easier and cooler and cooler for the rest of his life, or did it really happen? And that is whether it did or did not happen, where all of this shit gets murky for me. Conspiracy theories, all the shit. Because when you see people like Alex Jones, David Icke, even fucking Art Bell profiting off of these ideas, it makes you wonder how so many supernatural things happen to these people, how so many people that supernatural things happen to group together, and how once you're in that circuit of people, it's hard to say that a supernatural experience did not happen to somebody else because it lessens your supernatural experience, right? Yeah. And all of that 
generally, to me, seems fiscally driven. Okay, for sure. And and that's just where it makes it hard for me. Well, if you just like that shit, you're making money doing it. Right. I mean, that's cool. I I don't have a problem with it, but I think you owe. It's hard to say, right? Because like Alex Jones is a good example. He's mostly government conspiracies, but you'll remember when that whole shit came out about him losing his kid in a divorce battle. Yeah. And he had to he had to go before a judge and say the honest truth that he's a character. Yeah. He's essentially a pro wrestler. And it's and we know that, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. We know already, but a lot of people don't, man. A lot of people really don't. And it it becomes a problem when you have you know, you like I don't even think that, Ignorant, ignorant. So dumb's not the word. Dumb is when you could do better, but you won't. Ignorant is when you can't do better. So there's a lot of ignorant people out there that are so easy to suck into an Alex Jones, David Ike, Jesse Ventura type of person that don't re- that. There's adults that think that pro wrestling is real. You understand? Yeah. Like there's people out there that just can't grasp that there's alternative forms of media that are strictly for entertainment. So when you have that audience of people as your main audience, they think what you're saying is always 100% real. And a lot of the shit that these people say is like a call to arms. Oh, yeah. So that's dangerous. Well, Alex Jones did some shit where he basically said that the the Russians had just uh, fired off some missiles at the U.S. and he like... Was calling a code red man, and everybody's taking for cover and all kinds of shit. And Bill Cooper like countered, and he's like, "He's an idiot. He works for the government. Don't listen to him." Yeah, and it just like that was the first instance where he was. Yeah, and dude, you know what? To me, I'm glad you brought up Bill Cooper because that's what I'm saying, man. Is is to me, Bill Cooper's one of the good ones. Yeah, because Bill Cooper wasn't rich. Yeah. He, I mean... He legitimately died believing whatever he believed. He you know? died for his belief, kind of. Remember, man, you got to think back. We talked about I this. Know, but he died boy. over taxes. But, yeah, but, he, but he, he did go out in a blaze. Like, he did do that for sure. The point is this, man. There's good people out there. There's bad people out there in everything. Use your brain, even when it comes to us or anyone else. You got to take. You have to be able to take in information and and dissect... What's real, what's fake, what makes sense to you, and what fits into your life. And you have to be able to do that constantly. And that's how you get smart, essentially, is because, you know, it, to me, the, the, the difference between, like, a genius and just a really smart person, like, I would, I would say I'm a very smart person because I can hear all types of information and take it in, but I can't invent the information myself yeah so there's a genius that will do the math there's a genius that will have the science there's a genius that will put the event in motion and i can hear about that and retain that information and say it back but i cannot do it myself i can't figure out how to do it that's the big dividing line right so being the type of person that i am I try to actively debunk things that I hear, right? Because I, I know, like, we do a podcast, and as small or big as it is, there's some sort of responsibility here to give accurate information because we portray ourselves as accurate information. 
Did we really? As accurate as you can get. All right. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, having yeah. fun. Okay. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm we're doing real research. We're putting out things that we really looked into. Okay. Yeah. So it's important to to have the right facts. But again, there's people that thrive off of selling you something that they know is fake as something real because they can make money off of it. And I think that that's fucked. And I think that yeah. that is where I have a hard time believing in shit like this. Yep, that's bullshit. Yep. So we can close out on that, man. That that puts it to rest. Uh, if you want my final opinion, I do not think that Travis Walton was ever abducted by aliens. I think that he's had a real fucking cool life afterwards. I think that he... I, and I, I, a lot of credit to Travis Walton because, again, sticking to a story, that's fucking hard. You know, when you lie about something, it snowballs. That's a fact. Yeah. Any little lie you tell, we all do it, we've all done it. You have to keep it up. It's a charade. It's like, oh, I can't come to work today because uh, my dick is purple. Well, I have to remember a year from now that I called in because my dick was purple. And I have to be able to describe the way my dick was a year from now. Like, lying is a complicated scenario. And props to him, okay, for doing that. I I think that he deserves credit for fucking making that happen. Um, And then making a, a successful living out of that. Fair enough? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I agree. All right, guys. Well, as always, we, we love and appreciate you. We got to shout out our patrons. Uh, we got a new one, Ash Rudy. Mm-hmm. It's R-H-U-D-E. We're probably saying it wrong. You just tell us how to say it, and we'll say it right. But thank you, man. Really appreciate that shit. I know, I know he's been listening to us since the beginning. And jumping on that Patreon says a lot to us. It makes us, we really appreciate it. And everyone else, Bobby Henderson as always. Bobby, we got a fucking sick care package that we've been holding back on to send you. Right? We've got something real nice coming in the mail for you. Cam Catron. Yep. Ryan Parker. Yep. Casey Gaden. Casey Gaden. Big old Matt Mess. Big old Matt fucking Mess. Bradshaw's. Tons more patrons out there. You get to that highest tier, we'll shout you out every time if that's something you're into. Or you just want to see what's going on. Any monetary amount, large or small, helps us out immensely. You see what we got going on here. We want to make it better. Uh, we got shirts out. If I've got a few left. If you want to get some of those, hit me up. You can catch those at the live show, too. Come see us in Texas. Can't think of much else to say except a uh, big shout-out to Satan. You know, organize your life. Uh, it takes a lot of time. You got to do it one by one. Right now, me and Buddy are doing that with like diet and exercise. Yeah, we don't diet and exercise to fucking be cool. It's just like you, you've, you've got. I try to make Satanism make sense to people as much as I can, um, because gets a lot of misrepresentation. It gets a lot of like edgy bullshit. And Anton Lavey, to be fair, was an edge lord. But he was. He was like the original troll. But he was like a he edge. was hilarious. He's like the original. Yeah, yeah, He's like yeah. the OG. He was. He wasn't the, the annoying kind. He was the fucking hilarious kind. He man, was super funny. I but, saw a hilarious interview with him on a talk show where he yeah. fucking was talking about his rings. They're like, "What's the power in the rings?" He's like, "I just have a spell over everybody in this room." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was so funny, man. Yeah, man, that dude rules. But so you know, there's a lot of muddled shit that's hard to interpret and the, and the aesthetics of it. But look, man, principle is this. It's not the spiritual, it's the flesh. And you could take that to mean a lot of things, but the main thing that I take out of it is that you got to take responsibility for you 
and you got to take control of things. There's only so much you can control. I can't make myself be rich tomorrow. I can't make myself have a material item tomorrow. I can't cure myself of a disease tomorrow. Everything takes time, right? Yeah. Time can be your enemy or it can be your friend. What you need to do is start taking your life. And if you have a goal, a big goal, have that big goal. But what's the path to get to it? It takes overall discipline. It takes overall work ethic. You got to control the things you can control. Again, let's say our goal is to have the biggest podcast in the world and to make our living off of the podcast. And this is just an example for you guys. I think we're going to do that. Yeah. I think the path to that is organizing our lives and trying to take over every single area, again, that we can control. Now, we can't control how many people see our product. No. To an extent, we can, but not over a global scale. We can't control who likes our product because we're not going to change what we do to fit into a, a broader scope of likability, right? But what we can do is control individual aspects of our life. Eat better. Yeah. Work out. Yep. Clean more. Just little things. And the more you start to do things in a way that's better for you, the more better things start to happen. The more good for yourself things you start to pile up, the more discipline you get, and the more towards your bigger picture you start going. All right? I feel like I rambled enough, but you understand it. what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting yourself under control and pushing the fucking limits of yourself every day. That's the flesh. Become That's strong. That's the devil, brother. Yeah. Make yourself strong with Satan. We'll see you guys next week. I hope you love what we're doing. We love having you around, so we'll talk to you then. Yeah.